Hello and welcome on into the PHFL NFL podcast here for our divisional round review. That was a bit harder to say than like week 17 or week 16. There's more words to say there. Uh, I'm joined as always by Kai and by Mikey. Hello gentlemen, how are you? Alright, I'm alright. Hello, hello. Probably not quite as good as you two are after... I mean, I'm not saying, actually, sorry, folk are waiting well, to, to hear mean, all the results. I, I mean, that is the first game, so we could jump straight into it. Me and Mikey are very happy, because the first game on Saturday was the Packers beating the Rams, and we were fantastic, apart from the little bits we weren't. And we can just move on uh, and prepare for the Super Bowl, thanks to our lovely hit single we've got coming in, don't we? Uh, yeah. Don't <laughs> coming from the man who's um, please, just had a presidential card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but all in all, I quite very much enjoyed the, the, the Packers-Rams game, mainly because the Packers did win, obviously. Um, yeah, Kai, as the non-Packers fan here, tell us what you thought about the game. Um, I think from the word go, you knew the way it was going. Uh, from very, 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 very early on, Packers were just on top. Um, got the run game going really early. Uh, between Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon, they were just rotating round. Between the three of them, they had 32 carries, but it was split 14, 12, 6. Um, so, impressive numbers uh, in terms of rushing. Uh, and I don't think that's quite what the Rams were expecting when, when Packers came to play. Uh, hence the fact Aaron Donald appeared to be in and out uh, nursing broken ribs, as far as I'm aware, or some sort of strange injury. Um, I don't think that helps the help the Rams case at all. They had no pass rush at all. They had no like uh, run defense either. Uh, the the Packers just ran all over them. And I think the big the big thing going into this week was was how um, Devontae Adams and um, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Yep. <laughs> Come on, name was right at the top of my tongue. I just couldn't quite spit it out. Uh, how Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey were going to match up together. Uh, and obviously the, the first touchdown of the game went to Devontae Adams, who just ran Jalen Ramsey about for a couple of minutes and eventually lost him. But I think you can probably give um, Devontae Adams the credit for, for managing to lose him and maybe put a bit of the blame on the, the other Rams defender who just decided not to follow him across when Jalen Ramsey tried to swap. But yes. yeah, never in doubt uh, for the Packers. And I think I think the, they'll, they'll be confident going into next week. Yes, it certainly is a bit of a confidence boost for uh, the Packers. They are a nice win, especially against a, a team who some people seem to think that possibly uh, the, the Packers might struggle against with this uh, with this um, kind of run defence and good defensive line from the Rams. As you say, the lack of Donald, he, he didn't play as many snaps as per, perhaps uh, he normally would have had he been fully fit. I'm just looking at the, the snap count here on, on defence for for our, our man Aaron Donald, he was only on on fifty three percent of the defensive snaps, and with some of the the quality of Aaron Donald, you'd want him if you were the Rams to be on the field a little bit more than that. I know normally get swapped out anyway, but uh, but certainly want to be on, especially in an important game like this. Um, not only were we very good at running, we're still good at the passing. Obviously, you've got Aaron Rodgers there, two hundred and ninety six yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The longest gain being. The 58-yard bomb to Alan Lazard, uh, the Lazard King, Mikey. Um, I think a lot of people were discussing going into this game, uh, 
you know, obviously we know Devontae Adams, but we've been talking all season about that second receiver stepping up, uh, and it seems to rotate kind of through the, the, the team who that is, and this week it looked like uh, it was it was a bit of Lazard, especially with that big, big bomb down the field. Yeah, I mean, just to go back to the game as a whole before I jump onto that, it was the most unclinical clinic I think I've ever seen. There was times where we were just like, this is just so on point, everything we're doing. But then as you, the game kind of progressed, you just seen the score being a little bit too close for comfort. And I didn't, I didn't like it at all. I don't know if that was anything to do. Because I thought our defence played fantastic. Um, we were the ones that showed up uh, as opposed to them this uh, this game. Uh, obviously, the Rams D has been much talked about this season and for good reason. But yeah, the uh, as we've said all season, it, I, I spoke to you early in the week and uh, mentioned the fact that I maybe wouldn't want a wide receiver two in because I like the fact that these are rotating wide receiver twos, kind of all the MVS and Lazard and you even throw Tonyan into that category. But again, in saying that, I did say if someone like Will Fuller, sorry, or Cole Beasley came in, I would be ecstatic with it. So it's it's one of those, it's a weird situation. And it was a big problem spoken about at the start of the season. And coming into the NFC Championship and potentially Super Bowl, it could be it could be crucial. This is the time where all these players, not just a wide receiver too, this is where Lazard and MVS and St. Brown and Tonyan and anybody needs to step up in these final potential two games of the season. So, um, did amazing against this difficult Rams D, but it's we're really getting into crunch time now. Yes, obviously uh, up against, we'll come to it in a wee bit, but a very difficult defence in the Conference Championship. Um, on the Rams side of the ball, I'll be honest, see looking forward for next year. Cam Akers looks like the real deal, doesn't he? He, he can run. Hey, he seems to be able to do it all. Um, Jared Goff, on the other hand, um, even though he was injured, he didn't have a bad game. You know, he, he he only missed six of his passes, but he did only pass for 174 yards. He wasn't exactly throwing the ball downfield. Uh, the longest completed pass being 28 yards to, to Reynolds there. Um, what what do the Rams do? Kind of switching it round, Kai. Uh, are the Rams happy to push on with this for next season, or do they look to do something different? Obviously, uh, they can't. They can't get rid of golf, can they? Because no, they're paying I, them stupid amounts of money. But what are they going to do? I I don't think they do much differently. If I'm honest, um, I think you can probably accredit part of the 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 reason golf didn't play as many balls downfield as he, he had no Cooper Cup. Um, and obviously they they've built up quite a good relationship over the past few years, and between him, between Cooper Cup and and Robert Woods, um, that's the the two main guys on the passing offense. So, uh, when you lose someone as big as that, it obviously makes life a lot more difficult. Um, but uh, we were discussing it at the time, and uh, it looks like Van Jefferson could could probably become quite a big part of that offense come next season. Uh, it was nigh on like not involved at all uh, really at the start of the season he's kind of grown into it a wee bit and, and started seeing seeing a bit more action like you say Cam Akers is gonna grow and grow and grow and I think he's I think he could be a very very good back um, especially when you've got um, Darryl, the likes of Daryl Henderson and, and Malcolm Brown who have come from absolutely nothing into being very very good backups uh, this season but if, I think if you're a Rams fan, there's a lot to there's a lot to be hopeful about. Um, weirdly enough, I think that it might just be the the lack of experience that's maybe 
kind of been a, a stumbling block this season. Um, and injuries as well. They've not had a solid offence week in, week out uh, from the start, and they've maybe lost golf at the wrong kind of time. Uh, if he'd had injury-free last two weeks, maybe coming into this game, he would have had a wee bit more about him, but um, I think they'll probably just be pleased that they've got this far and and they've, they've got stuff to build on from, from this season onwards. Yes, I agree. Mikey, do you have anything you want to touch on in the Rams, or are you just happy that the Packers won and uh, are progressing through to the, champion, the Conference Championship? I don't know if I said that already, the Packers won the game and are moving on to the Conference Championship, just in case people weren't aware how happy um, we Mikey were. Just not really... Well, there was one report coming out that apparently uh, Sean McVay and Jared Goff were seeking the NFL equivalent to marriage counselling. Obviously, I think we've spoken about this in the past as well. You put in a a more a, another a tier above Jared Goff in terms of quality quarterback, and it unlocks this offense in completely different ways. I, d- I do think they missed Cooper Cup this week, um, but I I've, I am a fan of Jared Goff, and in our quarterback rankings, I did rank him maybe in the top fifteen. Uh, and I know he was playing through a broken thumb, so we can't really judge him just on this game alone. Maybe just the the injuries and the luck ran out at the wrong time in the postseason. But I hope I hope Jared Goff. And in a sense, Carson Wentz bounced back from relatively poor seasons because they went one and two in the draft a few years ago. So it, it, in terms of just being a football fan in general, it, it would be good to see those two turn it around because we know what they are capable of. They both had, Wentz had an MVP caliber season until the injury. Jared Goff got to the Super Bowl where he played against the Patriots. Um, so I would like to see the Rams really stick and show their support to Jared Goff and, and see what happens in the offseason. Uh, in terms of players around them and maybe even on the defensive side of the ball. I think you've said as well before, and I kind of I, I agreed with you, I think Adam probably did as well, is that it's, which which is why, sorry, it surprised me when you were saying that, that Jared Goff and Sean McVeigh were, were seeking marriage counselling as such, is that they work really well together. Like Jared Goff is good in this system and Sean McVeigh compliments him as a coach, um, which is maybe why the they've been so obviously aside from money, uh, they've been so reluctant to to move on from them. But I think that's maybe the first place you would look if you are really wanting to take this team to the next level and and make a a really strong Super Bowl push. You would look for a, an elite level quarterback. Um, but obviously, <clears throat> it's not quite as easy as just going and grabbing one. No, it certainly isn't. Uh, before we move on to the next game, just a quick shout out to Johnny Hecker, who averaged over fifty yards a punt in this game for the Rams, which is <laughs> unbelievable. That's a, a if you're average. if you're him, you're absolutely delighted with that. If you're a Rams fan, you're wondering why he had to punt so many times. I exactly punted for over two hundred yards, which is more than the team <laughs> passed for, which was uh, certainly very interesting. Never a good sign. No, not no, not good at all. Um. I'm going to go slightly out of order here and continue in the NFC and we can talk about okay. the other NFC game, get them both over with here. And that was a, a, an NFC South matchup, um, a repeat of games obviously that happened earlier in the season. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the New Orleans Saints and unlike earlier on in the season and the other two games where the Saints were 2-0 and in the regular season, the Bucks managed to win this game in no small part down to Tom Brady, but also... Uh, Due to, I think, the defence of the Bucs. Yeah, yep. I mean, that was one thing I was talking about going into this game. I thought the Bucs certainly have one of the best run defences in the league and the overall defence is very good as well. Um, and, and I said to both of you before this game, 
uh, I fancied the Bucks, and the um, the reason for that was I didn't think the Saints had seen this offense. They played the Bucks very early on in the season, and uh, that was Tom Brady's first game, wasn't it? It was the first game of the season, first very early on in the season. No, I not long yet. into the season, yeah, and obviously no Antonio Brown. At that yeah, point, and then and then the second time they played, Antonio Brown had only just properly got reps in the team. So that offense yeah. hadn't really clicked together yet either of those two times, and uh, and now when they they finally met here in the playoffs, eventually I think I picked the Bucks every time these teams have played each other, and <laughs> third, t- third time lucky. Eventually paid off exactly, and the, the Bucks won here. Uh, Mikey, what are your thoughts on this NFC South matchup, which looks like it may be Drew Brees' last game in the NFL? I'm gutted because I knew that New Orleans Saints performance was going to be the New Orleans Saints performance in Lambeau. That's why I wanted them to win, is because I am very scared of Tom Brady playing in a semi-final, as it were, or an AFC or NFC championship, because he could be about to go to his 10th Super Bowl. And it's just not its not what you want, because Tom Brady is just built for these occasions. Um, Drew Brees being a dome quarterback coming up to Lambeau when there's meant to be one to three inches of snow, would have been brilliant, and all those Saints players for the, matter, for the time being, but the fact that you've got Tom Brady, who's been in Foxborough for a long, long time, and is used to the snow, and is used to these games, and can really plan and strategize for this game, being in the snow, I'm not looking forward to it, I've been thinking, I've literally every day I've been waking up, I've been thinking about it, thinking, oh man, we're playing Tom Brady for the chance to go to the Super Bowl, and we were in the NFC Championship last year as well, so it's, it's going to be very tricky, um, a lot of people, though, are saying that the best four teams in the NFL this season have gotten to the AFC and the NFC championships. And I'm not sure I would have put Tampa Bay, because, but that's mainly because it, I probably would have picked a team from the AFC. There might have been three from the AFC and then the Packers. So um, it's it's a tricky one. I just The fact that our run game for the Packers was so good with the three running backs is, gives me a bit of hope because we're playing against the best run D in the league and they have been the best run D for the last two years. Um, but I mean, I know Alvin Kamara went for 85 yards in this game, but he was relatively quiet, had 18 carries. Um, Michael Thomas, four targets, zero receptions, zero yards, but it turned out he was playing through an injury because he wanted to basically keep Drew Brees in the postseason, which makes it more likely that this is going to be Drew Brees' last game. But one thing I think, and I said we said this at the weekend, that Saints fans can maybe take a bit of um, encouragement in it was the Jameis Winston pass. I personally would like to see him start at the Saints next season. I think that was the reason they brought him in last season is so they could correct all the mistakes he made in Tampa Bay with the guidance of Drew Brees. Um, and then once Drew Brees retires, he's ready to take the reins. And that includes with Taysom Hill as well, kind of playing in wildcat formations. So... I want to see Jameis Winston start for the Saints if Drew Brees retires. I think that was the biggest kind of storyline to come out of this anyway. Yeah, I think a big bit as well for Jameis Winston, I don't know if you guys heard this, but during the off-season there, he had eye surgery. Because apparently his eyes... I think he had laser eye surgery, didn't he? His eyes, actually, was horrendously bad. (laughs) And and people perhaps put that down, well, that, that being the reason why he kept throwing so many interceptions when he was at Tampa Bay because he actually couldn't see where yeah. he was throwing the ball. It'll be interesting to see whether that is actually the case or whether he's just guff. Um, yeah. But I, I was very yeah. impressed with that trick play. Uh, trick play. Uh, if you ever wonder uh, where Sean Payton gets his trick plays from, it's from the Chicago Bears because that was the same play that the Bears played the against them. The same play that them. they ran. Yeah, against them last week when uh, 
Dun, it was Dunham Winnie, wasn't it? No, no. Denzel, Denzel Mims, Mims dropped there we go. Uh, drop the drop the ball. Uh, but this time round, uh, Smith did not drop the ball. He caught two of the the touchdowns in this game. Um, Kai, what what do you think about Tampa Bay? How do, how do you think? That obviously, it was a tough game against the Saints, but Simon is to win thirty points to twenty. Um, going forward, what can they, they take on from this game? It was a good split of carries uh, for Fournette and Jones, both of them running well. And obviously Brady, I, I was about to say Brady backing up the running game. Let's be honest, Brady, Brady's leading that there, isn't he? <laughs> oh yes, he's he's the man. A Brady rushing touchdown. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, obviously going into this season, there was a bit of jibbity about who would be the lead back um, between Fournette and well, sorry, who would be the lead back once Fournette went in there? Sorry, um, obviously he wasn't there from the word go, um, and then when he came in, people were thinking, does he take over from from Jones? Do they share the the backfield? And I think on and off they've had kind of games about where they've they've dominated. There was a large period where Fournette was injured and and Jones led the way, and then obviously Fournette stepped in when Jones has has had uh, surgery on his his hand. Um, I think it's a good problem for for the Bucks to have both passing and rushing. Um, to have two really solid guys at running back, um, and especially for Knight, who's a a very good pass catching back. Um, I think I, I think this could be dangerous. He's, he's, I would say he's turned into a good pass catching back because when he was at Jacksonville, they didn't really use him. I, as that. It, there was a lot of talk that he wasn't at great at pass catching, but he was the leading receiver here. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he had a he had a receiving touchdown. Uh, I I think I think in most of what the Bucks run, Fournette will be the the main running back, and Jones will be like a, a third down back or a change of pace back because Fournette's quite a big guy. Um. But who knows? Uh. In terms of receiving, Mike Evans had the most uh, clinical game ever. Off the back of his injury, yeah. one reception, three yards, touchdown. Do you think he liked that touchdown after all the beef him and Lattimore had been having? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he yeah. might <laughs> I, I think he enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Lattimore definitely tried to get one back on him throughout the rest of the game. He was all over him, what a rash. Uh, but obviously, Mike Evans gets the last laugh. Um, I think we know who... Obviously, I've, I've I said in previous weeks, I think you know who... Uh, Aaron Rodgers' target is when he's in the end zone. I think you know who Tom Brady's target is. It's either Mike Evans or the big man Gronk, if he can get him open. Yeah, I think the scary thing here for the Packers, obviously going up against the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, this week, but any team playing against this team at the moment, is that we, we say Tampa Bay, the reason they're so dangerous, obviously you've got Brady, the running game's good, but your three lead receivers are Brown, uh, Evans and Godwin. And between them, they hardly caught a ball in this game and uh, Brady was throwing it to the other receiver as well. You saw Johnson, you know, you saw Scotty Miller come on for one. I think it shows you that Brady's not reliant on those three receivers. I think we've seen that from his time with the Patriots. A lot of the time he didn't have elite receivers, especially toward the end of his career there. You know, yeah. he was able to, to drag them through. I think for anyone, this running game solid, this passing game, obviously you've got Brady throwing to basically whoever he wants to hear. Eh, this is going to be a tough team to stop. I, I mean, I was going to say, going into this, this conference championship. If you said to me three or four weeks ago if this was going to be the matchup, I would jump at the Packers all over it. 
going into this now, I think it's a 50-50 split. Generally think it's as even as it'll be. Um, I know you two will probably say otherwise, but I just, I, no, I, no, I, think... I, I honestly think if you were to pick one team, and I know Mikey's alluded to it a wee bit, if you were to pick one team the Packers didn't want to play here, it was Tom Brady's Bucks. I say that as like because Tom Brady being at quarterbacks crucial to it because he he's he's used to the the tundra as he called it. Yeah, Mikey, what's your response to that? Because mine is I'm not confident at all going into this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ruin our predictions because we're only predicting two games, but I'm I'm going with the Bucks. I really I, I think if this was a if in terms of form leading up to this game, and it was just a normal regular season game. Or maybe even the divisional round, I would have taken the Packers. But see, because it's the yeah, and it's not just Tom Brady. Like, think about who he's had, who's been by his side in all these Patriots uh, winning seasons. Is Gronk, and in this game, Gronk yes had five receptions, but only one, uh, five targets. Sorry, one reception, which was for fourteen yards. You just know when the when the chips are down on the table, when it's all when it's all in or nothing, they'll make. It's going to be yeah, hundred percent. When you have Jair Alexander against whoever, take your pick, and whoever it is against whoever in the matchups with the wide receivers and the, and the defensive backs, there's always going to be that one guy that Tom Brady looks for, and that's Gronk. And I think he has been so quiet in these playoffs that Gronk is going to either, in this game, or if they make it to the Super Bowl, going to be the one that wins them, wins them at all. Like it's just it's written in the stars. It's the it's the way it goes when usually you say it's the way it goes with the Patriots, but. Now it's it's just it's the way it goes when it's Tom and Gronk together, and that's that amongst this run D, this D as a whole, really really worries me coming up for for this weekend. I um I echo the points Mikey made there. I'm very very worried <laughs> about this team. I think to be honest, uh, going back to your point real earlier on the podcast, Mikey, uh, before we're saying that these four teams that have got to the conference championships are the best four teams. I think I probably agree. Uh, even though you know you're kind of there's a bit of dubiety over the Bucks or whatever. I think the Bucks are. Very easily could be the best team in the NFC, if not the Fantastic Packers, obviously. Um, and obviously that in the AFC, the, the the two teams that got to the the conference championship, I think, are, are great as well. And I think this this weekend is going to be very fun to watch. As if the weekend just gone wasn't fun enough. <laughs> this I one's think, going uh, like we, yeah. we we spoke about we spoke about the fact that the Ravens were picking up momentum at the perfect time for the postseason, as were the Bills, um, as were the Browns. We spoke about the Chiefs didn't really have the momentum because they'd taken the week off and we weren't sure how this week's going to go and obviously we'll get to all that. But I think when you look at it on the NFC side, the the Bucks out of any team in the NFC towards the last three, four games of the regular season and until now, just and maybe including the Bears and that and the build up to the end of the regular season, had the most momentum, maybe of anyone in the whole NFL. And it's and it's shone through. And that's that's why they're in there. We've spoke about how big momentum is and Yes, they have crazy amounts of quality on both sides of the ball, but that, that momentum has really helped carry them into this NFC Championship game. It certainly has. Kai, do you have anything you want to say before we move on to the AFC side of the ball? Um, no. No? Really. No? I would, I, the one thing I would say is that I think the Saints missed Taysom Hill massively because obviously such a big part of their offence is, is running wee trick plays and, and wildcat and all that kind of stuff, so to not have that option because obviously James Winston and Taysom Hill are entirely different backup quarterbacks or uh, options is, is very difficult. But I just I didn't really think the the Saints were that good. They, I mean, they obviously kept pace with, 
with the the box and went ahead a couple of times, but uh, at the end of the day, they were they were just a wee bit too short, and I would probably go with the entirely opposite thing to what Mikey said. And I think if the Saints want to be successful after Drew Brees, they need to look elsewhere. I don't think James Winston's the answer. And that is a debate for an off-season <laughs> podcast, I think. Uh, not I'll just <laughs> set that up nicely. I will leave it at that. Let's move on to the AFC side of the game then. And the first game we got to see was on Saturday night, and the Baltimore Ravens played at the Buffalo Bills. And what I think we described the while best we were watching game ever. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we described it as a, a an amazing kind of game of contrasting styles, as the Ravens just tried to run the ball every play, especially to begin with, and the Bills just passed the ball every play to begin with. And as as Mike alluded to there, it was quite low scoring. Of, is that the kind way to say it? Uh, especially in the first half, there was, was only four scoring plays. Yeah, it was uh, it was three all at half time. Uh, but I'll be honest, I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was great to watch. I was watching the so contrasting styles. Yeah, <laughs> so tired at half time. But I was like, I cannot believe I am trying so hard to stay up for a game that's currently three three. Yeah, but you just it was so finely poised and. Aye. Yeah, it was it was Good. it was a great game to watch. I must say, as I said, it was very late at night for us watching here in the UK, but I very much enjoyed watching it. And uh, at one point, I think Kai did fall asleep and wake up halfway through it just after the kind of big moment of the game where I missed missed the largest <laughs> portion of the thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> where uh, where Lamar went off uh, with off injured, obviously, uh, and Huntley came in, who would have been what the fourth choice quarterback in the end because they had no RG three and we had no uh, McSorley this week. Um, so he'd have been certainly fourth on the death chart at highest. Uh, came in and threw the hundred and one yard pick six. Uh, it was it was Lamar that threw the pick. Was it Lamar that threw it? That's all it was. Goodness yeah. me, my brain is getting completely it, mashed up. It, he, <laughs> he threw the pick and and then he got killed and went off. And ah, right, okay, that was the way around it was then. So the pick was thrown and then Lamar went off. Goodness me, yes. My, I tell you, my brain's fried. <laughs> uh, we're staying up too late to watch it. That was the problem. Um, I was asleep when I yeah. that. <laughs> and uh, and Huntley, I say, tried to tried to get the the Ravens back in the game, but the Buffalo Bills held on seventeen three. Um, Kai, when you go, give us your first half opinions. Seeing as you were asleep for the second half, weather is weather? the one word I would put. The I don't think anyone anticipated the weather being the way it was. Um, mainly down to wind, uh, and Mister Automatic. A in Scotland. Aye, a rare drying day. <laughs> uh, Justin Tucker. I'd, I've never seen the guy, I very rarely see the guy miss any sort of, you know, PAT or, or field goal or anything. So for him to miss one from 41 yards, which really most kickers are automatic from, um, to hit the left upright, so there was one doink, to then go down the field on the next drive or the drive after, to then have one from 46, almost identical position, and then to hit the, the right upright, I think, Jesus, nothing is going to drop here for the Ravens, and really, I don't think it did. Uh, and then eventually, right on right on half-time, he, he slots one uh, to make it three each, but the, the Stefan Diggs touchdown from, from Joss Allen and then the 101-yard pick six just kind of set the tone for the second half. Uh, and as much as the Ravens tried and tried and tried, they just fell short in the end. Um, but like we've said, it's hard to kind of talk about him because there wasn't many dramatic things that happened in the game. The two big ones have obviously been mentioned. Um, 
I think the Ravens ultimately fell short on on the lack of a passing game. Um, yes, I think we've said that when, for most of the season, haven't we? Obviously, based on the weather conditions, you thought right, a run game is great in this in this weather, and that's why I was kind of concerned for the Bills, um, who had no run game, like thirty-two yards of rushing offense. Um, mad, but I think yeah, when the going got tough and and the Bills pulled ahead a wee bit, obviously with Lamar going out, bringing in a second string quarterback and then or a fourth string quarterback as you've said and then ha- not really having someone to step up on offence in the receiving game and go right, get the ball to me, I'll I'll work us downfield type thing um, yeah, I think that's probably where they struggled the most uh, in comparison, you look at the, the Bills who were just able to throw the ball left, right and centre um, and as much as there was only one passing touchdown, Josh Allen just managed to get the job done in, in very difficult conditions, that's what I would say yeah, Mikey, what's your uh, takeaways from this game? Uh, I, I didn't even mean that joke. That was a wee, uh, the take, hey. takeaway there, yeah, with the interception. <laughs> I think, yeah, this game, obviously, I would have liked to have seen it played under less windy conditions, obviously. Um, but in saying that, you would have thought that the wind would have taken away from the Bills more than it did the Ravens. But we've seen with the Ravens this season that they can't, come from behind they need to they need to dictate the pace of the game and, and the tempo of the game and um if they're a touchdown up they're most likely going to be the ones that are going to win so it was um just again credit to Sean McDermott the guy I don't think has really been spoke about a contender for coach of the year uh, and I think that he definitely should be um there's obviously other candidates I know Ron Rivera is one of them um but what this guy has done, not just this year, but and since he's taken over at the Bills, has been nothing short of unbelievable. Uh, one thing I will say that's not really part of the game, but obviously Lamar Jackson get injured, and this has happened in previous games with the, the Bills fans, which uh, to me, I genuinely think the Bills fans are the best in the league in terms of atmosphere, in terms of just everything about them. Apparently, as soon as Lamar Jackson got injured and when he was walking to the plane, he stopped to get pictures and take autographs to Bills fans, not even Ravens fans. Um, took the time out, went over, got pictures with them, even though he just lost his last game of the season. He'd been eliminated from the playoffs. He was injured. Still went up and spoke to them. And I think Bills fans raised $350,000 to uh, Lamar Jackson's yeah. favourite charity. Yeah. They all donated $8 each, which is obviously Lamar Jackson's number. And we've seen that when um, when Josh Allen's uh, grandmother passed away this year as well. They were donating $17. Things. It's just, those are the kind of things that you love to see um, in any sport. So you've got to give props to just this whole... Bill, the Buffalo Bills are the biggest winners of this season, no matter what happens, even if they don't make the Super Bowl, um, even if they make the Super Bowl and lose, because what they've done this season, um, especially with COVID as well, without their, their fans until most recently, uh, they've just risen to the tops of this league and probably will stay there for the next four or five years uh, and possibly beyond, just as long as they've got players like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs and a lot of the players on defence as well. So um, you've just got to give credit to the, the Bills fans as well for this game because um, that was really nice to see. Yes, I totally agree with you there. Stefan Diggs had another great game, eight receptions, 106 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think showing that uh, he definitely is a number one receiver. Uh, after the, the debate in the, at the Vikings over whether it was him or Thielen who was number one, I think Diggs is saying, well, we both were number one, uh, and he's showing it here uh, at the Bills. 
Do you have anything else you want to say, Kai, about this game? I say you, there wasn't really, I don't think, much to talk about actually on the game because there wasn't a huge amount of points scored, just 20 in total uh, before we move on to the last game of the weekend we're going to talk about. Um, no, not so much on this game. Um, as, I, as we've kind of all alluded to, uh, it was the most exciting boarding game ever. Yes. But I think that now obviously I've been very high on the Bills uh, from the very start and they're my self-proclaimed playoff team this year, I would say. Um, I just feel like they're passing every test so far and obviously this weekend coming will be the biggest one so far. Um, but you look at in that game where conditions were really tough and really like Mikey said, everything should have been against them as such a, a pass-heavy offence. Uh, they managed to get the job done. Both sides of the ball, bear in mind, uh, they managed to hold the hold the Ravens on defence as well. Um, the previous week, obviously up against the Colts and a, and a bit of a nail-biter, they managed to hold on towards the end. It just feels like that they've got a good kind of belief in the team against teams that maybe people would have not so much wrote them off against this season, but in previous seasons... Obviously, there was a bit of jubility about how good they were in the playoffs and, and was their nerves and stuff. I feel like they've gone now. I think they're, they're, they're so focused on, on um, getting the ball over the line that maybe, maybe they might just have enough this year. Maybe they'll have enough when they come up against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game after the Chiefs beat the Cleveland go. Browns 22 points to 17. And to be honest, I think the conclusion of this game was the, the most... Obviously, nail-biting oh. conclusion, the most exciting conclusion in this game. Well, the whole game was enjoyable. Um, there was a lot of talking points in this <laughs> game. Um, can we start with the the Browns fumble into the end zone, which then gets called a touchback uh, because so of the many things wrong with because that. of the stupid rule in the NFL. If you fumble the ball out of bounds anywhere else on the football field, you get the ball where the ball went out of bounds. If you fumble it into the end zone and out the end of the side of the end zone, the other team gets the ball. That seems to me like the most least consistent rule there is. Give them the ball, you know, maybe don't give, don't give them the ball on the goal line, but give them the ball, you know, on the 20 or give them the ball where they fumbled it or where the pass was from or something or something like that. Don't. It's like if you fumble it into the end zone and out of bounds, just call it like an incomplete pass or something, just yeah. go back and make it like, like something, just make it. Like lose a down and move on to the next play from where you were, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because I think I can't remember whether we were all talking about it or the other night or, or whatever or whether Mikey had mentioned it to me but I think Mikey was saying that surely like if you're in that situation as an attacking player you know on offence you get the ball and there's a chance you might fumble you're not going to make it and you, you want to reach for it just throw the ball out of bounds if you think you're going to fumble it like push it out of bounds before you get to the end zone or something like that, like, that that's that's the way the rule would push you in that scenario, so why, if you do that and push it out of bounds at the one yard line, do you get it there? But a yard further forward, the other team get the ball. It's I just, know. It doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. sense. And then to compound, com- compound. That's not a word. To compound things, um, they missed a blatant helmet to helmet contact as well on that play as well. It that was really was bad. blatant, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Um, it was very bad indeed. The fact that the the officiating crew. Missed that one. So the guy standing right next to it. How's he missed it? It was un- unbelievable. It really, really was. Um, Mikey, I'll, I'll let you talk more about the Browns. Then you can talk about that instant if you want. Since you've not said anything about it yet, although I think Kai's covered a lot of it. And then uh, and give us your 
thoughts on the Browns' performance as a whole, which I thought actually wasn't too bad against the the number one ranked Chiefs. Yeah, it's weird because if if you'd said before the game that the Browns were going to win this game, even Browns fans would have been like, "Nah, come on." Excuse me, but I think the, I, find I predicted way, I predicted the Browns the way, were win. <laughs> you're not you're not a Browns fan. You're just a, a optimist. Um, <laughs> the way the way the game unfolded with the obviously the the fumble into the end zone. Uh, I thought Baker Mayfield was fantastic. Uh, a big game at Arrowhead. All pressure on him because it's not just... it's He's just hated by a lot of people, I think, mainly because he does a lot of TV adverts and things like that. So he for him to stand up and kind of go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes up until the point, obviously, Mahomes got injured um, is a massive credit to him. And I think that will build a lot of confidence in him going into next season as well. Because we've seen during the regular season, Baker was, first half of the season, maybe the first two-thirds of the season, Baker wasn't all that. And we have spoke about the fact that when OBJ's not on the field, Baker flourishes because he's not forcing the ball to him. Um, but again, the whole OBJ situation is a talk for another time. But it's it almost seemed that this, the last third of the season, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 20-odd years started to believe and You've seen that in the whole team. You've seen it in Jarvis Landry. You've seen it in Chubb and Hunt and Baker. And you've seen it in the defence. Um, and they, they carried that into the playoffs. And it could have just... It was it was a toying cost at one point in the game. A complete toying cost. Toying cost? <laughs> toying cost. Toying cost. <laughs> you said it once toying and then cost. you went to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. I'm sticking with it, as I do with all my mistakes. <laughs> it was a complete toying cost. Um, but he... He played really well. The Mahomes injury was obviously unfortunate. And as a neutral fan, you hope that he's back at the weekend to face Josh Allen and the Bills. Of course you do. That's what you that's what everybody wants to see. Um but it's just the, the Browns fans must be heartbroken just now. But once they kind of step back away from it and let it kind of calm down, they'll see what they've did this season and the building blocks for the next couple of years, kind of similar to the Bills, as I said, just when we were talking about them there. Even if the Bills go out in the next round, the building blocks they've developed this year to go on to have future successes is absolutely massive. And the Browns undoubtedly have that in spades going into next season. Yes, you touched on it there when you were talking about the game, Mikey. Uh, Obviously, another game where a quarterback went out injured. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went out. Now, I think officially it's been classed as a foot injury. Okay? And like the practice reports uh, and stuff this week. But... I'm no expert. That looked like a concussion. He couldn't walk straight. <laughs> that was not a foot injury. He was like a drunk man coming at the pub after yeah. someone was having to hang on to him for dear life. Yeah, um, it, it did not look nice. But the, the bizarre thing was, like, oh. if you'd looked at the, the incident and then paused it and said, oh, by the way, he's concussed here, before he'd got up, you would never have known. It didn't look as if his head hit the ground or... It was a bad hit. It was just such a strange series of events, um, which is probably why it took his own players by surprise as well. Um, but obviously such a massive point in the game and, and from then onwards, the the kind of... Um, this is where I would probably, and I think I said at the time, I would slightly disagree with the, the fact that, that Baker Mayfield had a good game. I think when the pressure was on and when he really needed to get something, he, he kind of faltered. Um, as soon as Patrick Mahomes went out, that you saw the the lift that the Browns got, you saw the Chiefs looking a wee bit. Ooh, 
the fans quieting down a bit, like the whole atmosphere changed in the game and you could tell the you know, the momentum was with the Browns. And I said it at the time, I think there was a point where Jarvis Jarvis Landry? Nope. Uh, Baker Mayfield had to go down the field and get points on the board at, on that drive. I think he needed a touchdown there just to go, look, by the way, we're still here, this game's still within it. And I'm pretty sure actually at that point if they had scored a touchdown, in fact, yeah, they scored a touchdown to make it 17-22 and well, 11 minutes still in the fourth quarter. At that point, I think the Chiefs had a couple of three and outs and Baker Mayfield got the ball. I think he had to go down and at least tie the game or get ahead and put the impetus on on the Chiefs to go and get a field goal. And I, I just don't think he did. Again, it, I, I, I think the Browns played fantastically well. And I think it's hard to be too harsh on them because really if Mahomes had still been in the game the whole time and this scoreline had finished like that, he would have gone fair play. But I think it was maybe a missed opportunity come the end um, for the Browns. But, oh my, what's his first name? Chad? Is it Chad? Chad Haney, yes. Chad Chad. Haney, when the game is on the line. (laughs) Oh my God. The game is on the line. Third and 14, you think, right, the Browns are getting the ball back here. Of all the people that the Browns are probably trying to to stop, they're looking right. We'll go right. We'll, we'll wrap up Tyree Kill. We'll stop Travis Kelsey getting the ball. If they try and run it, we'll stop the the run game. The only person they didn't account for was the quarterback, and then he goes and produces a thirteen point seven five yard rush to get it to fourth and inches, and then goes play action or whatever it was. Oh my! I I don't know what he did, but big. Big balls play. Exactly. I, th- I don't think many people question if Patrick Mahomes was in at quarterback and it was fourth and inches and you needed those inches to win the game, no one would question Andy Reid saying, on you go, Patrick, go and pass the ball and get us that. But the fact that it was his backup yeah. quarterback in... Think, yeah. If Mahomes was on the field and a fourth and inches to, to clinch the game, the the Browns wouldn't have blitzed. They would have probably played man coverage or zone coverage because they know that they could probably could have just played a big 25-yard pass to Kelsey or something. Whereas Chad Henney in shotgun, you're going to blitz. You're going to pressure him. He's a backup quarterback who's never played a playoff snap in his life and he'd thrown a pick early in the game. It was crazy. And the probably the play of the playoffs, I would say. We've not That should be a segment. We should have done that every week. Play of the playoffs. Um, I think those this two weekend, one after each other. Yeah, the play of the weekend so far, uh, just unbelievable. Because I know even if they hadn't got it, Brown still had to go up and get a score. And it, it would have been tough. I don't think they had any timeouts, but no, um, you, you don't, you can't, yeah, you can't think about that. You just think about they needed to ice this game, and they did it. And it was just unbelievable what they did. Absolutely unbelievable. It was great. Yeah, definitely. Another game, strangely, when there's been no CEH and. Darrell Williams has had all the carries for the Chiefs instead of Bell, which I'm still not quite sure why they've got Bell. Why are they paying Bell money? Like I, yeah. I know they're not pay, yeah. paying him a lot. Like I think it's only what a year contract or whatever yeah. it is. But what was the point in bringing him in? Such a like a very very good running back, a well renowned running back within the NFL. Uh, experienced guy, you know what he's capable of. Why drop him down to? I mean, he, he's not even like close to being like the backup rusher there. He's, he had two attempts for six yards. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. As opposed to Darrell Williams' thirteen carries, like yeah. 
he's not catching the ball either. It's three targets, yeah. zero no. receptions. Like he's just he doesn't appear to be involved in this in this offense in a in a big part the only in thing, any way. I the only thing I think they've brought him in for is to seriously nurture CEH. Uh maybe they knew he wasn't gonna be hugely pertinent to the, the backfield. Um and maybe they didn't really see the emergence of Williams coming into the back end of this season, but I think they'll they won't look at this whenever Le'Veon Bell ends up leaving the Chiefs, they'll never look at this and think, Oh, we shouldn't have done that because I think he's gonna teach CEH some things that maybe he didn't know coming in as a rookie and that will definitely help him within the coming years as well. So uh, Andy Reid knows these things inside out. So if there's a reason for him doing something, I'm, I'm going to give him the, the benefit of the doubt, even if they're not playing that much on the field. I think um, we've, we've kind of touched on, on most of the main issues, but the, the biggest one from this game was the, the physics behind Andy Reid's face mask. Oh, there's uh, a I think going we, on. We mentioned it at the time, but what on earth is going on there? <laughs> does, does like, it, it doesn't seem to be able to wear it properly it, and then he had his mic yeah. underneath it for his headset I, oh, I think after that, that week when uh, steam on his face shield if you can remember that far back what yes. 19 odd weeks ago uh, I think he just gave up with a face shield and went for a, a dodgy looking face mask but uh, hopefully if, if the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl he maybe he brings out some sort of other strange contraption to, to cover his face <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to touch on in this game, Mikey? My only point I want to make is that the Browns didn't use Kareem Hunt at all in the first half, uh, and they looked a lot better when they started using him and Chubb together in the second half. But anything else you want to say, yeah. Mikey? No, just to go on to that, we, we spoke about it at the weekend, and this is nothing against Nick Chubb, because I think Nick Chubb's a phenomenal running back. Is There was a few plays on maybe second, second and seven or whatever that the Browns had, and they were throwing it to Chubb and I think he had three drops in the first half alone and we know how good a receiving back Kareem Hunt is it, it just I don't really know why it took them so long to, to integrate Kareem Hunt into the game as much as they did I thought they should have been pounding the rock with Chubb and Hunt at the same time and any passing place the running back should have been Kareem Hunt I thought that was obvious but I'm no head coach I might I may be in the future never know um, I'll, I'll get you on the staff for the Texans work. You know, obviously, the Texans, now the Texans yeah. are, are looking to bring well, them as, as the chief scout. The GM, yeah. oh. um, first point of business is to keep the Sean Watson. But um, <laughs> no, I, I was very surprised to see Cream Hunt use so little to, uh, at the start of the game. But they, you can't. They kept things close. Uh, I, I said again, sorry, at the weekend that this passing um, young passing core for uh, Cleveland is very exciting and with some proper development, again, with the likes of OBJ and Landry, uh, working with them in training with Higgins and Peoples-Jones. Could be very interesting to see how that progresses forward. Um, also, David Njoku, I thought, had a very good game, very physical game. And Austin Hooper had a phenomenal catch on what I believe was maybe a third and ten, potentially, or something like that. Um, so they're not short of tight end talent there because Njoku's been kind of in and amongst the team throughout the season. Uh, he's had his troubles off the field, uh, I think, with injury as well. But again, looking at this whole pass-catching core as a whole going into next season, um, I think Baker's going to have a lot to throw at. Yes, I just, totally um, <laughs> Before we move on, just I've, I've noticed something else here. Just looking at Jarvis Landry's stats from this game, how on earth has he had seven receptions for 20 yards when the largest one was seven yards 
So from the other six, he's had 13 yards. Was he averaging, what, like two <laughs> yards a catch? I can I can only assume that it was a lot of <laughs> wide receiver screens and stuff like that. But I don't know how, like, when he's the lead receiver for targets and receptions by a mile, but then you look at Rashad Higgins, who had five receptions for 88 yards. Yeah. I mean, I mean that takes. And his some... biggest one was twenty five. So like, that takes some doing. Uh, well, Landry there averaging two point nine yards a catch for Landry. I know. People's Jones had People's Jones had six less catches than Landry. He only had one, but he had three yards more than Landry. Yeah, I'm not. I'd like to go back and watch that and see what. <laughs> kind of I don't because I don't think at the time and I ever noticed like Landry getting wee dump offs around. No, that. no, I always thought that. it was kind of any pass he caught was um was further down the field, but. Um, obviously, we'll get a nice insight into this offense when uh, Jamie Gillen's on in the the postseason. Exactly. Yeah, when we've got the 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 punter. I was just looking at the punting stats. Seems where you know, uh, kind of so co- f- fellow fellow countrymen of Jamie Gillen. <laughs> uh, he had a couple of punts, but the the Chiefs didn't punt in the whole game. Uh, they either scored or turned the ball over uh, every drive they had, which is. Uh, I mean, I feel sorry for that punter who didn't get to do anything, you know, especially when... Or, or he's had the easiest day of life. Or he's had the easiest day of life. delighted. Uh, he's had the easiest, what, 50 grand. Yeah, do, you, do, you think, do you think punters want to punt or do you think they, they don't want to punt because then they know that their team's doing well? That's a um, good question. It's it's a thing between, like, the team or yourself, isn't it? Like, yeah. I think if you're getting paid a hell of a lot of money, I'm not saying punters get paid a hell of a lot of money, but they'll certainly be on a decent contract. Um... And you can go a, a full game without having to touch the ball on the field. I think you're, I think you're delighted. I think if so. you're honest, because yeah. then your team's doing well, and no, well, you've just had the easiest shift of your life. Ah, exactly. I totally agree. I think punters are happy to do nothing. They can sit on but that. It bench could also be day. a very boring job. Ah, yeah, you get to sit and watch a game of football. That's no bad, is it? Well, no, you, you get front, you get a front row ticket to get to see some elite footballers play. Yeah. And then when you do have to play, all you need to do is catch the ball and absolutely rock it as far as you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd like to be a punter. I think I've got a, a leg, a big leg, big enough leg to do that. I remember when we had that week where we all picked what position we would play. I think I need to change my mind and be a punter. I'm too punter. small to do. Well, we, yeah, we we never we never picked a, a special teams. Um, we never picked special teams positions. Uh, colder. I would, uh, I would go punter. Punter. I'd like to punt the ball as hard as possible with a big pair of Timberland steel cap toe boots. Steel steel toe cap boots. <laughs> I'm mixing my words about today. Spe- speech is not your forte this, mo- this morning, this afternoon. Uh, I, I think I think was, I'd probably be a lead blocker for the uh, for the the special the team. Do you know the punt comes in and I'll just block whoever's gonna tackle when uh, when you return in the punt. Yeah, exactly. Or actually, just in saying that as well, I would love to be a uh, to try and block field goals. Yeah, that would be fun. Absolutely the one wee guy that always dies across. Yeah. yeah. If, uh, if it was anything like well. the way you play in Madden, uh, you would hit the kicker every single time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you don't get that much of a penalty for it. That's Adam made a good point that if if you hit the kicker on a it makes it, it makes it harder. Attempt, you should get a, a you should get a chance at a two point attempt. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Said, I think, is that not the rule in actual NFL? I'm sure it is if you contact with the kicker. Well, if, if it's a field goal and you make contact with the kicker, they get an automatic first down for roughing the kicker. So you don't want to do it on a field goal. But if they score a touchdown and it's an extra point attempt, if you rough the kicker, there's only a penalty on, on how the far off. the punt return is. Oh, yeah, yeah. On uh, the kicker. Kick yeah. 
So this, they should make a rule there, but that's maybe another podcast we could do with crazy rules because we spoke about the, the fumble into the end zone. That, yeah. that could be another rewriting, podcast for another rewriting the as well. Rewriting the rules. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, well, in which case, before we get all carried away with all these new types of podcasts, let's finish off this one. We just have a couple of things to do. It's not going to take as long as it normally does because there's only one game on each side. We normally do our picking our Super Bowl winner. Uh, and I think, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, I think I might be able to deal with the admin this week because uh, there aren't that many games happening. There's just <laughs> there's just two games happening and then a Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, if, if, you can, if you can't do it, then <laughs> I'm not really sure. You're, you're in no place to slag anyone else for uh, being able to do the admin of the, the It was one time. <laughs> your absolute disaster of a week. We've... We've had been the Jets winning the Super Bowl, you had the, the Bengals playing in their own conference. This is this is the 12th week we're doing the picks and I got it wrong <laughs> once and I've never been able to live it down. Right, exactly. Right, yeah, exactly. Let's let's move on then. Let's go on to, <laughs> we'll start with the, the hard one first. Well, to be fair, they're both hard. Let's go for the Chiefs against the Bills. The Chiefs are at home. At this moment in time, we don't actually know if Mahomes is going to play, but it looks like he is because he was at practice as we record this podcast. We've only seen Wednesday's practice uh, report. Um, so so what do we think, Chiefs or Bills? I think Kai's already said his answer, has he? See, I can't let them get this the, far and then turn on them. <laughs> if Mahomes is active, just how close to 100% is he going to be? That's a good point. How, I think he's a very, I think he's a very under the radar mobile quarterback. He does like to make runs, especially on third downs. That we've seen at the weekend as well. He is a mobile quarterback, so and he obviously scored a rushing touchdown as well. So, I, I am unsure if they play him. If, if he's he's going to want to play no matter what, and he might have to play through injury. We've seen it in the postseason already this season. So with with players on teams, so I'm really not sure. But since it's technically my segment, I'll let Adam go first. I'm I'm going to pick the Bills, so it's already two 0 to the Bills. That's fair. <laughs> I think uh, I think even as you've kind of alluded to there, Mikey, I think even if Patrick Holmes plays, he probably won't be a hundred percent. And I think they maybe try and protect him a wee bit. I don't think you would see him breaking out the pocket as much because if he's coming out of concussion protocol and he's already only what eighty percent, just takes one big hit. Um, and you know how big some of these guys are. If someone absolutely melts them within the first five minutes and then they play the full game with with Chad at, at quarterback, um, I think they might struggle. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. I think that'll probably be the biggest talking point over the next few days. Indeed, but I think we have selected the Bills to go through there. And in the other Just game... Just out of curiosity, Mikey, who would you have picked? If Mahomes is active... Even a sixty percent Mahomes is is still a top, in my opinion a top ten quarterback in the league. So um, I would I would still go with the Chiefs. I just I, I think their their defense has been underrated for far too long. I think I know Sorensen was involved in the helmet to helmet, but I think he's a a massive X factor in that defense. I think Tyron Matthew is phenomenal, probably the best in his position. So yeah, I would like to think that at Arrowhead, no matter what, if Mahomes plays, they'll they'll progress. I do think that, but again. As I've said time and time again, when I've went against the Bills, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, unless they beat the Packers in the Super Bowl, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, I have no qualms with that whatsoever. It's, I, I do like the Bills. I like Josh Allen. I like the whole team. And I love Sean McDermott. So there was the very long-winded answer to your question. 
Let's move on to the NFC then after that answer. We've selected the Bills as a podcast to go through. And uh, Green Bay are at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kai, as the non-Green Bay fan, what's your opinion here? Um, oh, this is hard. This was harder than, than the last one. Uh, well, I, it was harder than the last one. You said, you said Bills in two seconds flat. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's why it's harder. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be... A, it wouldn't be... I think, I, I, think I made that. a tougher choice picking what to have for breakfast this morning, to be fair, than, than I did there. Um, I, as much as I say I think this is the one team the Packers didn't want to come up against, and I think it will be a very, very close game, I think the Packers will win. I think that the Packers are a very good team but I think Tom Brady and his Buccaneers are going to beat us this weekend and I'm very sad about it There you go Mike. Mike, do you with, agree? I agree with oh. Adam Oh, alright Both Packers now, fans are against back? Packers <laughs> I'm also doing this, I'm also going to be putting a large sum of money on the Bucks to win, because if they win then great, I win some money. If they don't, then yes, the Packers are through and I've paid up X amount of money for the Packers to progress. So that's my superstition <laughs> thing that I like to do if there's any for, so uh, Mike, team, uh, support. Um, so Mike yes, the two Packers a, fans are picking the bucks. Mike has taken full full accountability for if the, if the Packers go through, it is purely on the basis that he put a lot of money on the bucks. That's the only yeah. thing that's got them. And I'm hoping, I'm just, I'm just going to say this one thing. We, over the course of this podcast this season, We've obviously had a lot of teams, coaches, players listen to the podcast and they've ended up uh, showing us up, as it were. So I'm just going to say right now, the Packers are a horrible team. They cannot run the ball. Aaron Rodgers is washed up and he's not going to win MVP this year. I just don't think they have what it takes to, to reach a Super Bowl ever again. I'm just saying that right now. I just Aaron Rodgers, you suck. I just This team is, is just, they've got no identity. They're, they're bad on every aspect of the field. I just can't see them winning this game in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Mikey's outlandish. I'm gonna, I'm gonna clip that. By the way, what you just said. Aye, please clip that, and, and then when it. the Packers are left in the Lombardi Trophy <laughs> through the tannoy, ecstatic. No, through well, the tannoy, the PA system, and um, in Tampa when uh, they've beat Tampa Bay to get to the Super Bowl and then they've beat the Bills in, in Super Bowl will be that clip of Mikey saying that, that Tom Brady's, uh, not Tom Brady, that uh, Aaron Rodgers is washed up. I think we'll need to create a I Twitter so. page which is what No Context PHFL Podcast and we can just have that just rant. No Context Mikey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully hopefully uh, Matt LaFleur hears this and, and plays it to the boys before the game so that it, they can really just show up and show out I'll send it to him on Twitter and see if he does. Uh, let's move on then to our fictional or possibly real Super Bowl. I don't know. It's going to be the Bills and the Bucks playing. Is, well, this will be the first time that a team has a Super Bowl in their own stadium, won't it, if the Bucks get there? And this is, since we started this, this is the first time we've had the Bucks uh, in the Super Bowl as well. And now, can I just point out that's uh, not down to me because a lot of the time the two of you have picked <laughs> whoever the Bucks have been playing against. I've been on the Bucks bandwagon for. Quite some time this season. Can you believe that in week 17 we had a Chiefs versus Saints uh, Super Bowl only two, three weeks ago? Yeah, and the Saints aren't. I think I picked the Bucks though in, in the game that 
the, the, the Saints played the Bucks, I think, yeah. Uh, but the two of you picked the Saints. Uh, but in this game, I'll start the Bills against the Bucks, the young gun and uh, and uh, Josh Allen against the, the old dog that is Tom Brady. Uh, and Tom Brady will win his first Super Bowl uh, as an NFC quarterback. I would agree. I would absolutely love as I'm sure everyone that listens has heard, and I'm sure you two are f- sick fed up of hearing, um, I would absolutely love Josh Allen and the Bills to win this Super Bowl. But I think against a Tom Brady who is the most experienced man in the world when it comes to a Super Bowl, um, I just think they'll probably fall short. I think he's just got the calibre of, of leading a team. However, if, as I think will happen, the Packers get there, I think the Bills beat the Packers. Ah, oh, we can't have all these ifs, buts, and maybes. Our prediction. No, I'm, I'm going. Pred- I'm going to my scenario, <laughs> but I'm saying in this scenario, Tom Brady in the box one. Yeah, Mikey, what would you say? I think there's there's two narratives in this that just means the Bucks are going to win. A, it's the first ever Super Bowl where a team is played in their home stadium, so the, it's obviously going to be in Tampa Bay this year. And if Tampa Bay make it, they're the first team to ever play the Super Bowl in their own home stadium. Obviously, even if there was fans, it wouldn't be all Bucks fans. It would be a mix anyway. But it's still a massive thing for them to be in their hometown playing. I think that is a massive narrative. And then also one thing that we've not really spoke about because we've not spoke about a Bills-Bucks matchup yet. Tom Brady loves to play the Bills. Loves yeah. them. Him and Belichick's record against the Bills was unbelievable. And we've seen it this year. The Bills uh, sweep the... I think they swept the, the Patriots this year yep. without yep. Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady knows how to unlock this Buffalo Bills team, even though it's a totally different outfit to the one he last played. And I think, yeah, the Bucks would have won would win this Super Bowl if they get to it. So there we go. We have picked what for the first time the Bucks winning the Super Bowl in the PHFL predictions. Time, yeah. Here's a question for you. F now, I'm not saying they would have got this far, but if the Bucks were sitting in this position with, for example, James Winston still at quarterback, do you think you would still be as high on them winning the Super Bowl? Nope, nope. It's all down to Brady. Absolutely so it's, it's the, not. No it's the Tom Brady no. effect. Oh, 100%. No doubt Which about is, it. He's the best. Uh, I think if, if he wins this Super Bowl, he's not just the best NFL player of all time. He, he, could, he could potentially go down as the best athlete of all time, the best sportsman of all time. Aye. The, the fact that you're coming into a brand new system, as we spoke about during COVID as well, when you 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 can't have all these face to face meetings and you're doing a lot of things over Zoom, for him to take a team that let's face it, they had a good run D last year and their offense was okay, but like they weren't Super Bowl contenders. They haven't been for the last three, four, five, whatever you name it years. And for Tom Brady to come in and win it in his first chance and his first first time trying, first time in the NFC against a whole lot of new teams as well against. Yeah, it's just, I feel that like the script has been written. The fact that it's in Tampa Bay, it's it's Tom Brady's to lose. I really do think that. Can I just say as well that when you look at people like Drew Brees, possibly kind of fading out, calling a time in his career, Philip Rivers, obviously, that's an announcement I haven't mentioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she's retirement. Tom Brady, who's older than both of them, is still, still going. Doesn't appear to have any intention of retiring. You know, I, I think Tom Brady would retire if he wins the Super Bowl now. No, I think, think I think he would. I know he said he played till forty. 
I, I still have I have a feeling, like you say, Mikey, I f- have a feeling if he wins it here, his job's done. He's pr- he's Obviously, he never had to prove anything to anyone. He could have stayed in New England to the end of his days and, and nobody would ever doubt the man. But to go to another team, as you say, Mikey, totally different offence, learn everything, and then within a season take them to the Super Bowl and win it, I think he has to go out on that. Don't do what Drew Brees has done and dwindle away and go out on that pitiful performance. Yeah. Or would Tom would Tom Brady want to, to repeat? Would he want to win an, a seventh and an eighth ring back to back? Well I think I think he's he's got a two year contract, doesn't he? So he's contracted to next season yeah. at the moment. So I think he would I think He says he wants to play top forty five, but that remains to be seen. Yeah, I th- I think if he wins it, I think he'd stick and go and win another. And I think he'd, him and that team would be more than capable of winning another, to be honest, if they did win this one. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope they don't. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a, it's like a I, I do. I I know I'm I'm Team Rogers all the way, but I I can't not like Tom Brady. I I just no. think everything he's done in the sport, just everything and now what he's doing in Tampa Bay just shows because you thought towards the end, I know he was winning Super Bowls up to the end of his time in New England, but you did think he was maybe, it was coming to an end. And the fact that he's just totally revitalised himself in this Tampa Bay team is just, yeah, I, I I doff my cap to you, Mr. Brady. And I'm sure Mr. Brady... We've not worked out if that's the right word, have we? <laughs> it is the right word, definitely is. I'm sure Mr. Brady appreciates appreciates the cap being doffed. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, none of us can talk. To no, them. just uh, some news here that from Rap Sheet, as we all love, Mister Rappaport. Uh, it's rumours are suckling that Dwayne Haskins has visited the Steelers today. Um, oh, I don't know if that's as a re- for some quarterback depth or as a replacement for Big Ben. Who knows? But apparently, oh, also, the... also visited the Pat. For the what? I was just going to say, or for the Steelers to work out exactly who they don't need. They're just going through all the options, going, yeah. right, not him, not him, definitely yeah. not he him. Apparently, apparently also visited the Panthers this week as well, so um, could be a bit of an interesting storyline going forward where Dwayne Haskins ends up. I can't see him being a starter in the league, though. No, nor can I, nah, but I'd be, be interested, interested to see where he goes. He could end up doing a Jameis Winston-style thing, set as a backup, maybe be matured into something, but... Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. I'm going to take us to our two-minute warning, Mikey, uh, and we can have a look at our playoff predictions to see uh, quite how good some of our predictions have been in the playoffs. We're slightly better than the regular season. There was that referee's whistle. Uh, and now we're, we're getting there to our uh, predictions. Last week, obviously, it was me. Mikey had five of six and Kai had four. Is that right? Yes. 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 So this week there was four games um, for us to predict here, uh, I think we worked out last week. Went to that last week's was more than half of all of the games that we'd had to predict it for the rest Aye, of the less less to get wrong. This yeah. Week. Um. So I think we all had the Packers. Is that right, Mikey? Yes. Yes. And then I think this is where we start chopping and changing. So that the Bills beat the Ravens. I think you both had the Bills and I had the Ravens. Indeed. Uh, and then I was silly in the next one and picked the Browns and the two of you picked the Chiefs. Correct. And then we had another split with Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Yeah, I picked the Saints. I 
I had just been waiting for that Saints offense to just kind of explode as we've seen in recent months, but wasn't to be. Um, and they lost, so I lost on that one. So how does that leave our overall predictions uh, going into the, the, the next two, what, three games? So two two conference championships and then three the Super games, Bowl. Yeah. So it's very tight. So I am on seven out of ten. And Adam and Kai are on eight out of ten. Oh goodness me! I have yeah. absolutely definitely plays because because now you're at the point where you're not confident about games. Like you had games where it was someone against the Jags mid-season, and you could right, right, that just put that to the back of the pile. That's fine. But now you've literally got two coin tosses, coin tosses. Sorry, coin tosses. <laughs> you get two two coin tosses uh, for these two games, and obviously the Super Bowl as well. So maybe someone needs to get a bit lucky or get a bit ballsy, as you would say. Um, in the predictions, but we will see. Indeed, uh, if if either me or Kai get everyone right from now on in, then we have won. So no no pressure, Kai. We need to need to get them all right. We might need a no. if that is the case going into the Super Bowl. We might need to do a tiebreaker again. Exactly, some, some sort of Super Bowl tiebreaker. Figure out fantasy points. Yeah. yeah also, exactly. um, if if either me or Adam win this, at null and voids Mikey's regular season one. I think that was. The I think that was the rule, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm yeah. sure Mikey said double or nothing. Is that, so that would... null and wouldn't say null and voids it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also still waiting on Jeff Jefferson to win rookie of the year for for my quits. Oh yes, because you double right. or quitted on. Why well, you require you know, Justin Herbert not to win it for um? Yes. For a yeah, because. Uh, Joe Bengal's out, obviously. <laughs> Joe, Joe Bengal of the Burrows. <laughs> Talking about the Burrows, they've, uh, they've just announced new uniforms that they're not showing us for another four months. That That's a real, real exciting announcement, isn't it? They, they like built it up for hours and then went new stripes and then said coming spring 2021. If that doesn't <laughs> perhaps uh, describe the way that the Bengals have been the last few years, uh, I don't Aye. know what it does. I think that's... Um, Probably the least excitement announcement of this week. Exactly. But you know what the most exciting announcement of this week is? Is that the PHFL podcast is back next week. That's... I thought you were going to say that it's finished. We'll be back Some way next... to promote that podcast. <laughs> we'll be back next week to uh, analyse and, uh, and review the, the conference championship. And then uh, we might have a wee break because it's a fortnight after that to the Super Bowl. So we, we might have one in between. You never know. Um, but we're definitely back next week. Uh, to discuss the conference championships games. So thank you for joining me this week, Kai and Mikey. It was a pleasure. Yes, and uh hope everyone enjoyed the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at PHFL Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already, which is just PHFL NFL Podcast on YouTube. Uh, and until next week, we'll see you then.